Uh, if you've got your Acts journals, we're on page 36, starting in chapter 7, verse 1. Last week we left off with Stephen. He was chosen as one of the seven guys who was selected to handle the food distribution and look out for the care of the widows and and those people who didn't have anyone else to to have a voice for them, to look out for them. There were seven, seven men that were chosen. And what Luke tells us about Stephen is he was full of wisdom in the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that I said a number of times last week was that the world needs more men and women like Stephen. We need more men and women who are willing to be wise, not in the ways of the world, but wise in God's word. We need more men and women who are willing to be full of the Holy Spirit and go out and share the good news of Jesus, not being concerned about what it means to them that that people might say or, or how they might criticize or how they might make fun. Just knowing that that good news of Jesus is the most important thing we can talk about. So we left it last week where Stephen's been doing this. And, and the Bible says, Luke, Luke tells us that he is one of the seven, but he's not one of the twelve apostles. And yet God is doing miracles through Stephen. That's the first one that, that miracles are happening outside of those original twelve. God is on the move. God is beginning to expand the way that the church is growing. We also find out that Stephen is a pretty effective preacher. He's so effective, in fact, that he's got all kinds of people really ticked off with him. We find out that there's people from all of these other churches that have gathered in Jerusalem with the council and the leaders and and the political and religious, and they're all coming down on Stephen because Stephen is speaking the truth of Jesus, and he doesn't apologize. And we find out that what they end up doing is they end up convincing people to lie on their behalf against Stephen. They're starting to spread rumors and gossip, things that aren't true. They take little tidbits of truth and then they turn it into a a much bigger thing to try to get Stephen in trouble. And where we left it off last week was that they have charged him with blasphemy against Moses and God. Blasphemy is the same charge they made against Jesus. These same people, a lot of them were. They're making the same charge against Stephen because they know that blasphemy is a charge that carries with it a death sentence. And so today we find out that Stephen has a chance to speak in his own defense. It's the first time that he gets to stand up to his accusers. He gets to make his case. He gets to tell them why they're wrong and why they're lying and they're starting rumors and gossip that isn't true. But it's interesting because that isn't the tactic that Stephen takes. I made the statement that the world needs more men and women like Stephen because Stephen loved Jesus in a big way. He loved Jesus in such a big way that he was willing to tell anyone that he could about who Jesus was, no matter what it meant for him personally. What we're going to find out in a couple of weeks is that it cost him. It cost him dearly. In fact, it cost him his life. But he was bold and he was courageous and he was filled with wisdom in the Holy Spirit. And the world needs more people whose top priority is to tell the people around them about Jesus. I wonder how many people could say that about about you and I, that he or she was wise, he was courageous, he was full of the Holy Spirit. You know, wherever she went, wherever he went, you couldn't help but hear him talk about Jesus. She just talked about Jesus all the time. That was Stephen. That was what it would have been to be around him. And we need more men and women who are willing to speak the truth of the gospel in wisdom through the Holy Spirit, not being concerned about what people might say. 
See, Stephen made that choice. And you've got that choice and I've got that choice. Everywhere we go, everyone encounter, more often than not, we get to choose at least part of the conversation about what we're going to talk about. How often do you choose to talk about Jesus? How often do you choose to tell people what he's doing in your life? Or do you hang out with a bunch of folks that that's not cool? They might look at you funny or maybe even make fun of you. More often than not, we just... We say, well, I don't want to offend people. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to step on their toes. We're talking about other stuff. Stephen didn't care. Jesus had made such a profound difference in his life that he made the choice to talk about him everywhere that he went, and it angered people. It made them mad because to talk about Jesus was to talk about salvation in Jesus. It was to talk about Jesus the Savior. And they wanted a Savior. They wanted a Messiah. They were waiting for a military king to give them power and prestige and bring back their fortune. And Stephen said, the one that we've been waiting for is Jesus, the one that you killed. He's the Savior. He's the Messiah. And they didn't like that. Now, I understand. Believe me, I understand. When you take a step out in faith and you start to make waves in people's comfortable little pockets of religion, they get upset and they start talking. If you've ever done it, you've had people talk about you. And it typically isn't pleasant and it isn't fun. It's the way that that people respond When the good news of Jesus shines a light on their sin. So we start talking about the messenger, and that's what happened with Stephen. But Stephen understood that he had one chance in this lifetime to get it right. He had one chance to get himself on the right side of the story, the right side of history. And we get one chance as well. We get the same choice that we get to make that he made. So often we say, well, I'm not a good person to talk about Jesus because my life's a mess. Uh, Man, people know me. They know that I'm a sinner. They, They know that I'm still goofing up. They know that, man, I'm the last one that's living it out the way I'm supposed to. You know what? You you have to understand that Jesus died for your sin. And what he asked us to do is to tell the world about him, about his story in our life. And that's what Stephen has done. We talk about Jesus not without our sin because we're all sinners, but with God's truth in Jesus. We get to choose to be on the right side of God's story among us. So I'm going to start out and ask you the question, which side of the story are you going to choose to be on? Are you going to be on the quiet side? Because maybe someone might point out sin in your life. Well, you know what? If that's not someone who's a trusted brother or sister, what that is is someone who's just being an accuser. You get to choose the side of the story. You're going to talk about Jesus or you're going to talk about other stuff. Because the fact is, the choice is ours. And in our world, we're faced with choices about what to talk about every day. And what makes me so sad is you don't have to even turn on the news because we just hear about it. Every conversation is about choices. To get vaccinated or not to get vaccinated. To support the president or not to support the president. To talk about the past president and miss him and wish he'd come back. Or to to say how glad you are the past president is gone. We make choices every day. How often do you choose to talk about Jesus? Stephen chose to cut through all the other stuff and talk about Jesus. And the fact of the matter is, history is going to remember you for what you stood for. The people close to you, the people that you know, that you work with, when you're dead and gone, are going to remember you for what you believed in. See, some of us, we're going to be remembered for being rabid supporters of President Donald Trump. 
We're going to be remembered that we just could never let it go. We, we just, it didn't matter what he said he did. We believed. And then some of us are going to be remembered by history for being equally rabid supporters of Barack Obama or Joe Biden. It doesn't matter who they are or what they did. We believed in them and history is going to remember that that's where we planted our flag. Unfortunately, while we have a choice in who we support politically, we've got a third choice. Fortunately, we've got a third choice, and that choice is that we can support Jesus. And while history may say that one of those three men got it right, I can promise you this, that history will definitely say that Jesus got it right. And so who are you going to be known for believing in? Who are you going to be known for supporting? Do you really, in your heart of hearts, do you really want every conversation to come back around to COVID? That's what I hear from people all the time. It doesn't matter what we start talking about. It comes back to COVID. Guess who chooses the conversation? You and I do. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the opportunities that God is presenting us in all the questions that people are beginning to ask You can choose what it is that we want to talk about. You have the choice of choosing a politician or a president or a stand. Or you can choose to talk about Jesus. You can plant yourself firmly on the side of Jesus of Nazareth. And you can be like Stephen and live your life as an advocate, a vocal supporter, a committed follower of him. And yet there's some people that won't like it. There's people that will make fun of you. There's people that will tell you you don't know enough or your life isn't right or or you're just crazy. Yep, they will. But history will also remember you for what you believed in. Of all those options, there's only one that history, history is going to remember as being the right choice. The one person who was always on the right side of human history is Jesus. That's who Stephen chose to stand for. So I was trying to think about what, what's another example. Let's get away from the current situation that we're in. What's another example that history's given where people had to make a choice and that we're able to look back and see how they did? Seventy-five years ago, people were given a choice. And the situation is, in a lot of ways, very similar in some frightening ways to the world that we're living in now. Because we don't really know what to believe. We're not always sure what to trust, what's real, what isn't. Is it conspiracy or is it just unpleasant truth? 75 years ago, there was a man named Adolf Hitler. And people had to decide, were they going to believe in him and and his view of the world? Or were they going to stand against him because, because some of the things he stood for, people knew were wrong? But if you believed him, you got some amount of power. You got financial opportunity. You got to keep your life. And people had to choose. They had to decide what they were going to believe. And in the midst of all of that, they had to make a choice. They had to make a decision. And not everyone chose the same. Not all of the religious people of the day even agreed. Some of them were concerned about their position, about their privilege. Many of them fell in line with Hitler because they were afraid of what would happen if they didn't. Some of them had the blind belief that maybe he really would make the world better. Maybe he's smarter than we are. Maybe he's actually telling the truth. They believe somehow he might benefit their personal fortunes. But there was one man, there was a number of them, but there's one that history remembers. His name was Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer stood against Hitler. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was... A man that simply would refuse to believe what it was that he was being told. Hitler's own report on him was that he was completely in the opposition. 
was kind of like Stephen. He spoke the truth that nobody wanted to hear. He believed in the side that, that nobody dared to stand up for, but he did. He stood up for it. And like Stephen, it cost him his life. But he got to make a choice, and history remembers him. See, Bonhoeffer stood for his faith in Jesus. He stood for people who few others would stand and speak for. He, he preached about and he wrote about a truth that was deeper and more profound than anything Hitler and his propaganda media machine through print and, and loudspeakers and public forums. It was better than anything that Hitler could come up with. But it wasn't popular. Bonhoeffer stood for the truth of Jesus of Nazareth, just like Stephen did in the book of Acts, as unpopular as it was. It didn't take long, and Bonhoeffer was found out. He was thrown in prison in Berlin, then he was moved around a few times, found himself in a couple of concentration camps until he was finally put to death by hanging because he believed in Jesus. Because he dared to stand where other people wouldn't. He got himself on the right side of history, even though he stood against a lot of the religious people of the day. And the problem is, it's so often that we use religion and the rules that we create around religion as an excuse. And Bonhoeffer said, there is no excuse. Bonhoeffer stood for Jesus. And just like Stephen, it cost him his life. But history remembers Bonhoeffer for choosing the right side of God's story. Now, your life story and my life story probably are never going to be as dramatic as Stephen's or Dietrich Bonhoeffer's. But you know what? Our story matters. What we choose, what we believe, who we stand for, makes all the difference in this world for us. It makes all the difference in the world for the people who listen to us because it matters for eternity. And so what do you believe? What do you stand for? What are you willing to face to stand for your truth? Because what's happening in America today is we are being divided and we are willing participants because we choose to talk about the things that divide us, not Jesus that unites us. And you know, if all the Christians in the country would only talk about Jesus, not about politics and not about vaccinations and not about COVID, you know what? The whole narrative that they talk about would change. But we don't. We don't stand for Jesus. We stand for another side because people tell us we have to. So Stephen in his day is speaking to Jews. He's speaking to the Hellenistic Jews. Remember, those are the ones that speak Greek. And there was two different divisions of, among the Jews at this point. There was those who spoke Hebrew and those who spoke Greek. And he starts out and, and he's got this lengthy history lesson that he begins about the Hebrew patriarch Abraham. And it's important that he starts with Abraham because he gives a God-centered genealogy of their shared history. He's basically making the case that I'm one of you. You're putting me on trial for preaching the truth that we've all been studying our whole lives. Remember now, last week we learned the people who were lying and gossiping and wanting to destroy him were accusing him of blasphemy against Moses and against God. See, Stephen doesn't shy away one bit when he starts his defense. He goes straight to the heart of their accusations and he gets to the religious leaders and he reminds them of their own story because they'd obviously forgotten it. How God has been in the middle of their lives as Jews for thousands of years. 
And that God is always on the move, reaching new people in new ways. N.T. Wright said, Stephen's message focused on God's faithfulness to his promises, on God's mobile presence, that God doesn't belong just simply in the temple in Jerusalem, that God can be anywhere that he wants to be. And the third thing is, he said, his message focused on Israel's continued unfaithfulness to God. And that's what upset people. Nobody likes to hear about our sin. Nobody likes to hear about how we're making the wrong choice and taking the wrong stand. No one wants to hear that the rules and the religion and the denomination that we hold on to so tightly isn't nearly as important as the relationship with God through Jesus that we're called to. So you can imagine this group of people who want to keep God to themselves at the exclusion of everybody else in the world are none too happy about what Stephen has to say. Because Stephen says, while God has been for us all along, God is on the move. So if you've got your Bibles, go to Acts 7, chapter 1, and realize we have a choice to make. We've got a choice about which side of history are we going to be on. Last week we talked about how lying and gossiping and rumoring in the name of religion only serve the side of the enemy of God. They don't serve the side of Jesus. And so Stephen has a chance to be in his own defense. Here's what happens. 7-1, the high priest says, Are these things so? All the rumors, all the gossip, all the lies about him being blaspheming against Moses and God. He's got the opportunity to defend himself against the death sentence charge of blasphemy. And Stephen starts out like this. He says, Brothers and fathers, hear me. He says, Family, I'm one of you. I grew up in your synagogues. I grew up in your temple. I know everything that you know, but there's more. Brothers and fathers, hear me. He's connecting himself to his accusers that by birth and upbringing, he's one of them. He said, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Brothers and fathers, our father Abraham, he's making sure that they understand family. And said to him, go out from your land and from your kindred to go into the land that I will show you. He's about to make the case that the same Jesus that they killed on the cross, they're not, causing, they're not accusing Stephen of blaspheming against Jesus. It's against Moses and God. He's saying this very same God, the God of Abraham, is God the Father of Jesus. His only son, and as the Jews believed Abraham was their spiritual and ancestral father, he's making the case that the same God is the Father of Jesus and that God is on the move. God is moving forward and he's reaching new people in new places. It's important that we remember that as a church that's looking to, to understand where God is leading us in the future. We've got this beautiful property. What are we going to do with it? What is the call? What is God's expectation on us? You know, I don't know all the details. Nobody does, but we know this. God is going to call us to reach new people in new ways. God is going to call us to step out in faith, out of our comfort zone, and stand for Him so that He can reach people that we haven't even met yet through this place that He's brought us to. So we're going to jump ahead through these verses because there's just too many to cover today. And that's an okay thing because it's going to give you a lot of stuff to read and reflect on in the week ahead. And there's far too much to cover going verse by verse. So jumping to verse 9. And it says, And the patriarchs, the patriarchs, the fathers, the one that they all looked to and revered as their fathers, he says, jealous of Joseph. He tells the story of Joseph. How God gave him a vision and his brothers were jealous. 
And his brothers sold him into slavery and, and what happened as a result. And he's introducing this idea of jealousy because those men, they were jealous of Joseph. Those brothers of his were. They were jealous and jealous people do drastic and desperate things. And these men that are, men that are putting Stephen on trial are doing drastic and desperate things. They're lying about him. They're charging him with things that aren't true. And he's opening the door to saying maybe there's a little bit of jealousy that's going on here. See, these people who are willing to lie and gossip and to put them on trial for their lies and their gossip and rumors are jealous of Stephen. He's doing things and he's reaching people that they're not. And they don't know what to do with it other than to just silence him like they did with Jesus. He goes on, he said, they sold him into Egypt, but God was with him. And he rescued him out of all of his afflictions, and he gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh. Remember what they said about Stephen? Luke said he was full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit. He's tying a connection that we can't miss. Before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who made him ruler over Egypt and over all of his household, God was with Joseph just like God will be with Stephen, just like God will be with you and I when we choose to take a stand on the side of God's story among us. Stephen is making a case Not even in his own defense, he's making a case for God at work through Jesus and through him and through you and I. And there's nothing these people can do to stand against it. And so what they do is they heap evil on top of evil. And he goes on and he recounts the history of Joseph. How he rose to power and how he saved the people of Egypt from the famine. And all the while he worked under Pharaoh. And and when Joseph died, there's something recorded in Exodus that's so easy to miss but so important. And Stephen includes it here because it has such a strong point. Verse 18, he says, Until there arose over Egypt another king who didn't know Joseph. In Exodus, it talks about a Pharaoh that came to power that didn't know the story of Joseph. He didn't know his own history. He didn't know what it was that had come to be before his arrival on the throne. Just like these people have missed the point of history, God at work among them. He's speaking directly to these men who are accusing him and reminding him another time in history when a man came to power who didn't know his own truth. Because these men don't know their own truth. And it's so easy to choose the wrong side of the story to get on the wrong side of history. When we stray from the truth and what's happening in our country today is we are being pushed as men and women, as believers in Jesus, to choose a side that has nothing to do with Jesus. We're being pushed to choose a side. And and in doing that, we're dividing ourselves from friends and families and co-workers when the Holy Spirit, when Jesus came to unite us. But we're buying the medicine. We're buying and drinking the Kool-Aid. We're talking about things that have nothing to do with eternity. Only things that divide us, and that's what's happening. These people are trying to divide Stephen away from the truth, and he's saying, no, you've forgotten the truth. See, because Pharaoh didn't know, he dealt shrewdly with our race, and he forced our fathers to expose their infants so that they would not be kept alive. And at this time, Moses was born, and he was beautiful in God's sight. What he's saying is that Pharaoh didn't know, and he divided us. We have to choose the side of history that we're going to be on. And over and over and over, the Bible would point us to choosing to be on the side of God at work among us, the side of Jesus. So Stephen takes this time that he's been given to make his own defense. To remind the most religious of people that God, their God, is a God of relationship. 
not rules and religiosity. See, in America, if we can be convinced it's all about rules and about choosing their side rather than Jesus' side, then we get divided just like what's happening here. See, but God knows we fall short and God knows that we sin. And what God asks is that we worship him and that we keep his promises and that we recognize is that he keeps his promises to his people. It's a good reminder for any of us who believe that rules about God are more important than relationship with God. See, what's happening to Stephen still happens in the church today, that the religious extremists say it's about the law, it's about rules, it's about religion. Jesus didn't come for more laws. Jesus didn't give his life so that we had more rules. Jesus gave his life so that we could be in relationship with him. And the one thing the world doesn't know how to do, doesn't know what to do with, is is to deal with that kind of giving, that kind of love, that kind of unity. And so they create all kinds of things to distract us. But you've got a choice, and this is the time that we have to choose. Are we going to believe in politics, or are we going to believe in Jesus? Are we going to believe in politicians, or are we going to believe in Jesus? Are we going to believe in people's promises for hope and a future, or are we going to believe in God's promise for a hope and a future? I want to leave you with the words of Paul. We're going to meet Paul in a couple of weeks. He's referred to as Saul of Tarsus. He's the one that that gave approval to the death of Stephen. Because that's what happens to Stephen when this is all over. They decide to kill him. They decide to do away with the problem, just like they did with Jesus. But what we're going to read in these verses from 2 Timothy is that Paul learned something from Stephen. Paul learned something because he was choosing the wrong side of history. And God had mercy on him like God has mercy on us. And Paul had a second chance, and he chose the right side of history. 2 Timothy 4, 1-5, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. Don't talk about other stuff. Talk about the truth of God's word. Be patient. Love each other. With patient, teach what it is that God has presented in his word. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But have itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Let me translate that to you into our world. You have a news outlet. It's the one that you prefer. You probably don't watch both CNN and Fox. Here's the thing. You watch the one that tells you what you want to hear. It tickles your ears. It it enforces what you want to believe. And Paul is warning us to be careful of that because what they're telling us to believe and what is true is probably greatly different than what God would tell us is true in Jesus. Paul is giving us a warning 2,000 years ago. The time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passion. They will listen to people who tell them what they want to hear. Verse 4, they will turn away from listening to the truth, and they will wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Tell the world about Jesus. Don't get caught up in all the garbage that people want you to believe. Stephen was speaking the truth of God's word, and the problem was that the truth shined a spotlight on the lie that his accusers were living. The truth of Jesus always does that. They, they feared the truth that he spoke because the, sp- the truth that he spoke 
made the untruth of their lies so loud and so clear. I'm not saying that, that the Bible is addressing the situation that we're living in. I'm saying the Bible addresses the world that we're living in. I'm saying the truth of Jesus overcomes whatever decision we have to make. And we have the choice, just like Bonhoeffer had the choice, just like Stephen had the choice. We have the choice to decide what side of the story are we going to be on. Are we going to be on this side or that side or God's side in Jesus? So what side of history will you be on? What side of the story will you stand for? Will you spend, spend your breath moving gossip forward? Or will you use your breath, your words, your time, speaking life in the name of Jesus? See, that's really the choice. The world wants us to believe that it's got nothing to do with the gospel. The fact of the matter is, our life and death has everything to do with the gospel. The choice is yours. What will you choose? Please choose wisely. Let's pray. God, thank you for Stephen. Thank you for a man of such incredible conviction. Thank you for a man who, even though he had the opportunity to speak in his own defense, spoke only of you. He spoke of your truth. He spoke of you at work among people, even among his accusers. He didn't defend himself. Rather, he spoke about Jesus. He spoke about you. He did everything that was in his power to direct people to making the right choice. Because what we are so good at as people is making all kinds of noise about things that ultimately don't matter. What matters is whether or not we're right with you. What matters is whether or not we know salvation in Jesus. What matters is whether or not we know that we're sinners and that we repent of that sin. What matters is where do we put our faith and our hope and our trust? We get one life, one chance, one choice to put ourselves on the right side of history. God, I pray that we put ourselves on your side. In Jesus' name, amen. But here's what I want to leave you with. You have the right. This is America. You can choose to support Donald Trump. You can choose to support Joe Biden. You can choose to support the man on the moon, but none of them are going to save you. Jesus alone is the one who will save you. Jesus alone is the one who will greet you in eternity and is the one that we are looking forward to hearing from him. Well done, good and faithful servant. Jesus alone is the one that God sent to save us. Nobody else. That's not to say that other people can't do good things. That's not to say other people can't help. But we have this one lifetime to choose which side of the story, which side of history we're going to be on. Choosing Jesus is always the right answer. And when you do, tell others. The world needs more men and women like Stephen who are willing to tell the truth of Jesus to anyone and everyone who will listen.